Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Happy Christmahana Kwanzaa. <laughs> yes, happy that to you too. Are we in all of them? Which are we which are we in now? I know Hanukkah's going on. Christmas is not going on. I would argue that Christmas starts at Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, if you're Hallmark, you start filming in summer. So That makes sense. That's gotta be when it's cheaper to film, right? Because that's when yeah. all the blockbusters are out. And it has to be ready by Christmas, you know. It's all over Netflix and whatnot. So just know that when those people are wearing those sweaters in those Christmas movies, they're sweating their balls off. It's like, uh, it's basically like uh, sweatshop work. So you should feel ashamed for watching those. Not because they're bad movies, but because they're sweatshop movies. They are sweatshop movies, yes. But that's actually not that impressive because can't South Park turn around an episode in like a week? I don't know. Isn't that their like can't they claim to fame? Like that they turn because they they do everything that's so like topical and oh, they right. and they're doing writing arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and and all the voice acting and animation. And I know like the that animation is all like computer assisted now, so it's a little bit easier. But yeah, even back when cards, it was a lot of yeah. hand drawn stuff, it's like But I, I guess I'm just gonna argue with myself here because also you can farm out animation so many hands make light work. Whereas like if you have an actor Barry Watson or drunk. whatever his name was from Seventh Heaven, you yeah. can't have like six people acting in his place. Right. It's not like many hands make light work. Yeah, you could only have like four of them. Ooh, dude, only hire triplets or above. Oh, yeah. Like if you only cast triplets or above in your roles. And I feel like that's a demographic that's really underrepresented in Hollywood. That's true. There is definitely not as many triplets is there are straight white males can you imagine you're sitting at home you're a triplet and you're just like i just wish i could see someone like me on tv mm-hmm. oh i can imagine i i don't have to imagine because i'm a straight white male <laughs> but I do you think they can tell because obviously in in the premise of us using them to circumnavigate these labor challenges we're using one triplet at a time but do you think Mm -hmm. if you're sitting at home and you're one of three and you see someone on tv can you go oh he's another one like me like can they tell like game recognize game can can a triplet see another triplet without the other two and go yeah i see you i think so i do is there a is there a term that only triplets can say to other triplets Oh, like that's our word? Yeah. 
feel like there's got to be one. There's got to be. Do we have any triplets in the chat who can tell us right now? And if I read it out, is that going to be offensive? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. You have to join the chat if you uh, you want to learn the word. Whatever word it ends up being, maybe they'll give us a that word pass to be able to say it. Oh, yeah. Could, you know how work. like you might have some homies who give you an N-word pass? And it's like, oh, he can say that to me. But on a podcast, do you have to get multiple passes? Because you know how 10 years, 20 years down the road, they'll drum up a clip of you saying the word to try to destroy you? Do you have so to have you another have to get... pass for that person to come out and say, like, no, 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 no. I gave him a pass. You just have to get a certificate of authenticity for the pass. Oh, and then keep it. Don't lose it. Don't lose that. Keep it framed. The lesson here, guys, is keep multiple copies in encrypted drives of all of your certificates of authenticity for your passes. Uh, All of your Mothers Against Drunk Driving certificates, yes. I wish there was like a concise way to say that. You know, the whole like, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. What's the one to keep your license for passes at hand i don't know but i feel like the government did pretty good with like the restaurants and stuff so no licenses no eat or you may not enter oh we should just rename it so instead of it being a pass it's a passport yeah covid passport i like it like like oh don't worry about that guy he has a n-word passport yeah i feel like that can get you in and back out like many many times a passport and it's almost like is the more you do it the more credible you are because you have more stamps in your passport Mm. oh right right because then you don't even have to show your clearance if you get that retroactive cancellation because you will have been on other media or like podcasts or something using your passport right and it's like oh well we can't cancel him because of that because remember he had it we know he's had the passport because he did it on this show that's exactly what louis ck didn't do he didn't have his passport because he asked all those women if he could jerk off in front of him but he didn't keep the passport with the stamps that's a that's a really important lesson i'm glad we learned that here today so next time you guys Get permission to jerk off in front of a lady or use the N-word. Same thing. Make sure you keep a copy of some sort of proof of consent. This is a really good callback because all those Christmas movies are filmed in the summer. Mm -hmm. But he just put out a film called The Fourth of July. Ah, that, Which that's is what around the time at. when the Christmas films are made. That's right. Connecting all the dots. So Christmas is weird, huh? It, it is a weird time. Um, it's especially today. I, I think uh, now that Christianity isn't so popular, overwhelmingly popular like it was when we were children, at least um, in the Southeast. That's the way it was. Yet Christmas still seems to be as popular, if not more. It is. And and while I said it a bit 
cheekily. I, I do think Christmas starts at Thanksgiving in terms of like the cultural holiday season that is Christmas, like whatever that start of the consumer thing. Because if you think about Black Friday, right, which used to be a U.S. exclusive phenomenon because it was our Thanksgiving that mm -hmm. we based it on, that holiday, the Black Friday holiday, the after Thanksgiving sale is touted as the start of the like Christmas shopping season. That's where like all your quote unquote holiday deals are. Mm -hmm. We could do six episodes on the like different SKUs that stores carry exclusively for that holiday. But those are holiday deals. Those are Christmas deals. And that's when I'm assuming all of the red cups or whatever at Starbucks, you know, that uh, I don't, I don't follow those things as closely, but I, I'm thinking <laughs> around that time is when they start right happen it's the end of the pumpkin latte and the beginning of the candy cane right you coffee. go from you go from fall flavors to winter flavors right well like you said the pumpkin latte is traded in for the peppermint latte that's correct so that season has become global in fact i was just talking to some folks the other day who live in a completely different hemisphere and they were talking about Black Friday deals. Like they don't have Thanksgiving but they will sure enough start that holiday season of shopping for the day after a holiday that they don't have. Right. Yeah. I mean uh, I mean I, I'm a little Black Friday is a sore subject for me because I used to love Black Friday and now it's just an internet scam where it used to be like a very violent mob rush to stores. And that's, that's like what everybody... Elmo, right? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the PlayStation, Nikes, whatever, right? But... That's what I loved about it. I didn't care about the deals. I enjoyed the chaos that was Black Friday, and it's gone. <laughs> so you're not saying that you like Black Friday. You are like, you liked being a spectator of Black Friday as if it was a sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. I was the guy who would get, I, I would find something like, maybe I wanted and to just go and stay all night outside whatever store that was in a very popular area. And I'd try to get into that one rush. Right. And then I basically just stayed out in parking lots and just watched the chaos and maybe contributed a little bit. My favorite thing to do would be I would get my keys and I'd go up to, I'd walk really slowly around really good parking spots up close to the stores that were packed out, right? And then I'd go to the driver's side, stand there and fiddle with my keys for a while. And if somebody was with me, I'd t pretend to talk to them, take time till I could see that the person waiting for that spot <laughs> was getting really annoyed with how long it was taking me to get in the car and get, watch them boil to where they're just about to start yelling. And then go, shit, this isn't my car. And walk off. 
I don't know where you fit into the lineup if there are Black Friday teams, because I don't know what position Agent of Chaos is. Like, is that, <laughs> are you part of the stadium or are you on one of the teams? If, if Black Friday is a sport, are you the umpire? Uh, are you the net? I feel like I'm the onside kick. I'm the trick play. Okay, so yeah, I was thinking of like a thing, but you're like an idea. You're like, yeah. I'm I'm not even the I'm not even the ball. I am a thing that happens to the ball. <laughs> right. You're like you're like the essence of a play. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, but you can't do that anymore. We used to uh, like my brother-in-laws and stuff like that. There were still some pretty good Black Fridays when after I got married, but. Shortly after that, they started to die. But we'd be in line, say, at a Walmart. And the lines would be so long, we'd just get a 12-pack and just and just ring up the empty box by the time we got to the, <laughs> up to pay. Just drink it at Walmart. Yeah, it, it, it isn't nearly what it used to be. You're right. Like, I was expecting it. In fact, a couple years ago, I had like a, a, a Friendsgiving, we'll say, in in SF where we kind of did a bunch of, you know, transplants and friends and folks who didn't go back to their place for the holidays, you know? And it went late enough to where it was like, oh, in a couple hours, Black Friday is going to be kicking off. Do you want to go see like the madness? And we drove down to like Daly City and like, san bruno to try and like see the happenings but it was all just very organized and coordinated and everybody had like taken a number and there were tabs and it's like lined up against this wall and the numbers and the tabs it's it ruins it it's got to be that bum rush where the grandma gets tripped or something (laughs) Or she trips somebody on the way in with her cane, you know? Yeah, the song isn't Grandma would have gotten run over by a reindeer if it weren't for the fact that the signal said reindeer crossing. (laughs) That just doesn't flow, man. It does not. But all that to say, Christmas is kind of a weird chink in the armor of this idea. I don't think you're supposed to say that word. I've got to pass <laughs> this idea that people are only giving and only generous if they're coerced to be right. We talk about social programs, whether you're the, whether you're talking about welfare or whether you're talking about even just like job core or, or just any <laughs> community enhancement, any community outreach, any social program that you think is sort of for the community good. The idea is that most of them are programs that need to be either coordinated by or paid for by the state. And Christmas just shows that that isn't the case, right? Like most people for Christmas are not 
getting gifts for people who are better off than them, right? Very rarely are people saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this for the more fortunate. Right. Pe- like like my, my smallest pe- gift I bought was for Musk. Right. He's, <laughs> he's the furthest down on your list. He's there. Right. It's my kids, my wife, you, your family, Musk, and then my parents. yeah i didn't buy anything for musk this year to be honest with you and i'm a nazi (laughs) right Right wing extremist nazi well thanks to kanye you you now have to clarify that you don't actually mean that because it can't even be a joke anymore what kanye says it can't be a joke that i'm a nazi no, I think his existence makes it less obvious. Uh, oh. So anyway, is anyway. he a Nazi now? <laughs> That's a thing I don't know. I thought he was more like a, a black Israelite type dude or that Farrakhan type thing. I haven't been paying much attention to him because, again, he's pretty far down the list on my Christmas list. I know, He's Kanye, very well off. He wouldn't even made it if he wouldn't have lost all those billions in advertising. But going back, if people will find a way to give back to the community, to the less fortunate, to those that are without, to those that are in need, which happens, you know, sort of Thanksgiving to Christmas. You ever been to Walmart? And the guy ringing the bell out in front while everybody gives him money. Think about that. I mean, right. everybody makes fun of Walmart, my- right? Everybody makes fun of people who go to Walmart. Is what? White trash. That's typically like the joke, right? I mean, I know everybody shops at Walmart, but the joke is you if you ever want to feel better about yourself, go to Walmart, right? And these are supposed to be what? Ignorant right-wing type people and it's worth it to send it put a person out there ringing the bell right they must be getting enough money to make that worth it worth their while so i don't even remember who that is is that the salvation army that does that yeah i think it's salvation army and usually that person is dressed up as santa yeah, at least wearing a hat right so i mean I know that's a small example, but I mean, that's a, at least in the stereotype of Walmart, that's a high concentration of people who typically don't believe that the state does a real good, that the state should be in charge of welfare or whatever. They're putting their money where their mouth is. They're deciding that the allocation of funds isn't being done well. I would like to give directly to the people who need it. And like you say, if we're talking about the average, the typical sort of socioeconomic tier that is your average Walmart shopper, they probably don't have much to spare anyway, yet they've decided that they would give there. Correct. So so doesn't that just spit in the face of the idea that you need 
some sort of coercion to have people give to the less fortunate. Because yes, the the top of your Christmas list is probably your family, right? Like you're giving to your your significant other, your kids, your cousins, whatever, but still within that list it it's folks who are less fortunate, folks who are not able to afford things for this Christmas. Some people and and especially I I have a lot of friends who are kind of in that like I guess you'd call them old money. Uh, mm. They don't even do Christmas with their family. They all kind of have the agreement that, look, we've got everything that we need. We're not going to do us for Christmas. Let's all go and do this for charity, whatever that happens to be. So they have skipped over that. Whereas skydiving for homeless people, I get you. Skydiving for the homeless is kind of the best modern version of jump rope for heart. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you track that. Is that like a dollar for every thousand feet you fall? Uh, I, and then you just yeah. keep flying higher? You just do it, yeah. The guy with the balloon that went up into the 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 atmosphere almost what do they call that? Where it's going from ozone to space and then he jumped man he could have made so much money for homeless people you remember that the red bull guy do you remember the red bull guy i mean that how long was it ago was that probably about seven years i don't think my firstborn was around yet yeah it was it was within the last decade it feels like maybe just in but i'd say within the last decade yeah Side note, we just got sidetracked. Um, <laughs> Which has never happened. Never happens. Thank God First I keep us on track all the time by just announcing it. Christmas is the season of giving. We even call it that, right? We're giving to this, but it's not by coercion. It is. It's yeah. because we've decided that people are deserving. While I think... There is that. I am curious about your your take on this part of it, though, which is it definitely doesn't add up for the, let's call it statist, right? The person who wants all these social programs to be paid for and sponsored by the government and taxation and coercion by way of the monopoly on violence, we'll say. But I would also say that there's something else to be accounted for, which is that it also doesn't really track with market forces either. Because if we're talking truly bottom line, you donating and giving to charity, sometimes even anonymously, does not in any way improve your bottom line. So this like... Yeah, but incentives... Incentives don't aren't always money. So, like, that's the great thing about a truly free market is, or the understanding of real economics, not this stupid, let's put some numbers on paper economics that has to simplify stuff to the point that it's worthless information. But 
talking about the actual study of economics where you're studying human actions, humanity. That's the amazing part of economics is the study of humanity. And we do get something from it. It isn't just that we're giving to something or giving to someone. There is a reward while it may just be psychological, it is a reward that is worth something to us. It is worth whatever we've given and more, or we wouldn't do it. So it is worth it to me to believe that my money is helping whatever in our, my head is what it's helping. And it is worth more than the amount that I gave. There are all different kinds of rewards. Because markets don't... If market forces were just accounting for monetary rewards, then we would... There would be the type of economics that you see people try to trick people with. Uh, this Keynesian bullshit where they'll write some numbers on a piece of paper and make it seem like what they're saying is working. But they're just explaining... They're oversimplifying in a direction that they want to do. They want to, to show what they want to happen. They're not, and it's always explaining out humanity. Whereas I believe Austrian economics, a lot of the Chicago school stuff tries to leaves the human in there. And there's all kinds of other forces. Uh, I know that when I, I've heard Keynesians talk about the red shirt versus the green shirt in a store and how they, well, they have to, uh, what do they call them? Uh, non, non insignificant factors. Yeah. Okay. And they, they put so much in there that, that anything that they come up with is not going to be accurate because there's just, there's so much missing from the, the the equation and i like to explain this to people like all right you may have in one store the red shirt and the green shirt and you also may have the exact amount of people that want a green shirt and want a red shirt right and the price is in their price point equally these people's price points equally in the same store but where that shirt is it might it might be the green shirt might be where everybody can see it but they've somebody stocking the shelves is putting a cart in the way the easiest route there'll be a percentage of people that don't get that shirt based on the difficulty of the route to get to the shirt. That's humanity. Well, and, It's and not a monetary are, factor. There, there are whole industries around that. Like, pe people, people have jobs that are specifically for that. I mean, in, in the retail sector, there are people who fly around the world assessing retail stores to make sure that your placement is conducive to selling right making sure Be that 
it's well because when you are talking about a monetary reward for the sale of a product whether the keynesians can use humanity in their analysis of economics or not to explain whatever agenda they have for whatever politician it doesn't matter to the person who maybe even owns walmart and is donating to the keynesian type people they can't factor out humanity and stay on top so they have to at least acknowledge humanity in the sense of their business they have to hire people that take those things into consideration even though they advocate for policies that don't take humanity into into account because it helps their bottom line but in their business they have to so that's why industries like that exist it's called merchandising in the retail space, right? You're you're going in and saying, "Hey, the way that you've let this, the way that you've let this shirt hang off of this mannequin makes it less appealing." Right. What time you stock your shelves? What time of the day you stock your shelves is a big factor. I, and I have to think that while these various schools of economics will claim that they're insignificant factors, there likely wouldn't be these massive industries begging to differ. Right. Because, like you say, their bottom line is affected by that. It is. It really is. And And it's not somebody saying that the product isn't worth it to them. Because if you change the scenario in which they're presented the product, they may differ. It could just be difficulty of reaching. It could be difficulty of locating. It could just be the aisle smells bad. But these are all human factors that don't monetarily affect the purchaser, but do affect the value that they perceive of that product. Right, because humans are, for the most part, logical, but they're not always rational. Right. And they're certainly not consistent. Right. Um, there's a level of joy that you need to get in life, right? And that's that's definitely a, I would say, a, a a type of wealth it's it's an emotional type of wealth but it is a form of wealth that humans do need they need joy in their lives we crave it why else would we go on vacation it's it's a monetary disaster to go on vacation you stop making money you're not you're not producing anymore right you get behind on everything at work and you come back spending more then than you you would have spent you know while you went to work so not only have you lost monetary gains but you've also spent more uh so 
And you like cleaned out your fridge before you left. So then when you came back, you had to buy everything new. Correct. This is obviously very like lower middle class, poor people made good type vacation. Because once you start getting to be able to afford vacation, you start thinking about like the food in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, the potted meat and saltines, they'll stay. You can get back to those, right? Yeah, so I, I guess like, preppers preppers don't have that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, preppers and people in in bands, right? They don't have right. to worry. People they who never had tour. anything in the fridge in the first place. <laughs> right. But like I'm pretty sure what was in there was spoiled anyway. <laughs> but I think this goes back to that evolution of language whether this has been an intentional coordinated thing or if it's something that just happened when we talk about market and then market forces and the marketplace we do think about dollars and cents and numbers like joy doesn't come into that at all and i know that the christmas piece is joy to the world it's not dollars to the world so Mm -hmm. maybe that's the issue is that we're talking about the market as if the market is only inclusive of the bottom line. Yeah. Most schools of economic thought do not take humanity in much to at all. I would say Chicago school does it quite a bit. And Austrian school is focused mainly on the human factors it takes them into consideration first. And anybody interested in uh, Austrian economics who's listening now, um, just go to Mises.org. There's so much there. Talks, uh, people getting into the little nitty-gritty aspects of it. You can go as deep as you want or as vague as you want on Mises.org, but it's definitely your best avenue to getting a uh, getting a quick uh, education on Austrian economics. So it is Hanukkah, correct, right now, as the fifth night, I believe. So when this comes out, it will sixth anyway. That's obviously a very i'd say not necessarily similar holiday but yet it is about giving also and then we have kwanzaa which forgive my ignorance but i really don't know much about it so so kwanzaa's actually after christmas like is it always after christmas or is it like a floating thing like uh hanukkah no, no, no. So, like, uh, like you said, this will oh. be coming out on the twenty third. So, the like two days before Christmas, but Kwanzaa will be happening after Christmas. Basically, Kwanzaa is post Christmas, or in a lot of a lot of folks, I, I don't know that a lot of folks in the U.S. know this, but the day after Christmas is most everywhere else called Boxing Day. So, Boxing Day through January first is Kwanzaa. Um, but all that, all that being said, it's 
it, it overlaps in much the same way, and I think it makes sense that it is, uh, you know, put together in the same categories as like Christmas and Hanukkah, and it is in the uh, larger banner of Happy Holidays, right? Like the uh, the the conglomerate corporation is Happy Holidays, and Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and Christmas are subsidiaries. They're all these holidays that celebrate cooperative economics and unity and purpose and faith. Yeah, so let's imagine a world where there is no state. What would Christmas look like without the state? I can imagine we'd have a lot more wealth so we'd be able to give more. Less people in poverty. So you could hyper-focus on the people who are in poverty. But I think, for the most part, Christmas in general would look the same without the state. But well, the state without Christmas, what does that look like? I mean, we can look at other places that have overpowering state governments that don't celebrate Christmas. So we can look to them for the what it would look like. The state without Christmas sounds kind of like a bad remake of A Year Without a Santa Claus. I don't think I saw that. A Year really? Without a Santa Claus? Yeah, was it a Hallmark movie? Yeah, we just filmed it this summer. <laughs> the girl from Mean Girls? Oh, Gretchen, stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's a trap. There's no comfort fitting in.